Welcome to the Riverside Church Podcast. We hope today's message encourages you and strengthens your walk with God. Enjoy the message. We are looking at Matthew uh, chapter 14, uh, verses 22 through 33 tonight. Uh, This is when Peter uh, walks on water towards Jesus. We're going to take a look at that story. Um, But really, Pastor Cale hit right on the nail when he was doing the welcome. Uh, What's on my heart to speak tonight is to speak to the hearts or to the people or to the souls that feel overwhelmed right now. That, that feel um, exhausted, that might feel um, like the stress of life has become uh, more and more of a burden. Because if you don't know this, according to studies, 85% of people um, said that over the past year, they have been more overwhelmed than they've ever been in their life. 85% of people, and that's a record. Um, so this message is for anybody who, who might be able to relate to that, who might be, be able to, re- to relate to the thought of feeling so much pressure on, on, on your shoulders, responsibilities. You might be in the house and you feel like you're juggling eight different things and you're, you're trying to raise kids and you're, and you're trying to provide for the family and you're trying to do all these responsibilities and you're trying to do all these things that you know how to do, but it feels like there's just more to do and it's one thing after another and you just feel this weight of the world on your shoulders. If that's how you feel tonight this message uh, is for you so turn to your neighbor and say the title for tonight's message say how to overcome when you feel overwhelmed how to overcome when you feel overwhelmed let's pray tonight church father we thank you for gathering us we thank you for uh, giving us this opportunity to grow closer to your son Uh, we thank you for miracles signs and wonders taking place tonight god that we just want to grow closer to your spirit father we want to get refreshed um god tonight we just want to get reminded of who we are and father we come with expectant hearts god we come with faith god that can move mountains because we believe that you're the same yesterday today and forever so god work in this service holy spirit take over we're here for you jesus we love you jesus and everybody says amen amen come on put your hands together one more time We're excited to be in the house. So we're picking up in Matthew uh, 14, verse 22, but I'm going to give you a little bit of context before we jump right in. Um, So right before uh, this verse in in, in 22, what has happened throughout Jesus' day is that he's had a pretty awesome day uh, for normal people, but pretty normal day for for Jesus. Because he just spent that whole entire day uh, healing people, ministering to people, um, blind eyes were open, uh, people were healed, and then he capped off that day with one of the most well-known miracles that you and I can think of when we think about a miracle that Jesus performed is when he fed 5,000 people uh, with five loaves and two uh, fish. But actually, Scripture said that he fed 5,000 men. And so theologians agree that if you count the women and the children, um, that the number is closer to 15, between 15 and 20,000 people. Uh, so God has this really displayed his power um, right before we pick up. And um, this is where uh, we start in verse 22. So right after this miraculous moment of God turning five loaves and two fish into 20,000 uh, mouths fed, uh, this is where we pick up. It says, immediately after this, everybody say immediately. Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and cross to the other side of the lake. And while he sent the people home, and after sending them home, he went up into the hills by himself uh, to pray. And night fell while he was alone uh, there on the mountain. So Jesus had this finished, like we said, uh, a long day of ministry. 
And I can just begin to think about him being tired and kind of worn out from the day. And you heard me correctly. Uh, we have to remember that Jesus was 100% man and 100% God. So he did experience the same ways that we can of fatigue and feeling like we've been drained from the day. Uh, uh, Jesus experienced all those same things. Matter of fact, it's, it says in Scripture, Jesus was tested and tempted in every way that we were. And so that is why we can trust in him because he knows and he can relate to us. In, Matt, in Hebrews uh, chapter 4, verse 15, it says that this high priest that you and I serve, uh, Jesus, is this guy that we follow who we claim is our Savior, that he understands our weaknesses, for he faced all of the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. So if there's, a, if there's anybody who can relate to you and I, it's Jesus. He can relate to your struggles. He can relate to your weaknesses. He can relate to you getting home at 6 p.m. and wanting to avoid the kids and hide under the covers. Jesus can relate to that because he's 100% man and he is 100% God. So he, he, he was tired. He, he was tired from the day. But when, when Jesus was drained, um, he didn't go home and turn on Netflix uh, when Jesus was exhausted from the day, he didn't go and watch the basketball game to, to tune out or, or, or go and take a hot bath. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with those things because I love all those things. Um, but what I do know is that those things might offer um, your body to relax, but those things won't refresh your soul. And so Jesus, when he was uh, going through his day and when he was tired and when he felt kind of overwhelmed about his life, he, he didn't go and sit on the couch and turn on TV or, or he didn't go and read a, read a magazine. Uh, it says in John chapter 7, verse 37, it says, anyone who thirsts may come to me. Anyone who believes in me may come and drink for the scriptures declare the rivers of living water will flow from his heart. I think what Jesus knew is, is that he was reminded of Jeremiah 17, 8, of saying that those trees that are planted along the riverside bank with roots reach deep into the water, such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by the long months of drought. See, Jesus knew that if he was going to get refreshed, he was going to have to plug himself into, into the rivers of living water. See, Jesus knew that. I think it's kind of funny because Jesus told his disciples, hey, you go out to the lake because I need to go to the river. Uh, you, you go out to the lake because I need to connect my soul with the rivers of living water to get refreshed, to get that refillment, to get, to get that, that restart of, of my day. And so he went to the mountaintop. And he went and he got refreshed by the rivers of living water. See, we, getting likes on Facebook uh, won't refresh you. Uh, buying a, a new Louis Vuitton purse won't refresh you. Uh, getting uh, the, the Taco Bell, Doritos Locos tacos, that won't refresh your soul. But it's when you plug into the waters of the, the rivers of living water, that's when you find refresh for, for your soul. And so Jesus understood that, and so he had to go. Uh, uh, he said, I got, I got to go up. I got to pray. I got to spend time with the Father. I got to get refreshed. I, I can't just, you know, I'm going to relax my physical body. Yes, I'm going to do that, and there's nothing wrong with that. But we have to find that refillment, that, that renewal in the presence of God. So if you're in this place tonight and, and you kind of relate to needing to be refilled, needing to be renewed in your soul, needing that refreshment, that's point one for tonight is that when you need to be refreshed, uh, you know, don't go to Sonic for a sweet tea. He said, go to the river. 
go to the go go to the the river of living water and get plugged in can anybody relate to the moment that you feel so overwhelmed but you knew there was a place where you could get renewed and you say, man, I, this day's been long, but I can't wait to, to get home and turn on some worship music and begin to sing praises unto my Father. Because I, when I know I do that, when I begin to lift up the name above all names, all of a sudden, all this overwhelming feeling I have on my shoulders begins to be lifted. Because now I'm connecting myself with living waters. Now I'm, now I'm beginning to connect myself with the one who's in control of everything, with the one who can renew, who can restart, who can refresh in a moment. We got to connect ourselves with that. That's what Jesus, Jesus, if there's anybody who I would think wouldn't need to a restart or a refresh or renewal, it would be Jesus. But if you watch the, the life of Jesus, you will see that he never skipped on his prayer time. He, even though he was 100% God, he, he never skipped out on, on the moments as praying and seeking and, and, and getting downloaded from the Holy Spirit. He, he never avoided that. So how much more should you and I Know that after a long day, I got to spend time with Jesus. I need to spend time with my Father. It's in that place where I'll get refreshed. Or I don't know how many times in, in my life, I, I can name hundreds of times when I just feel overwhelmed. I, I see all these things that need to get done. I see, I'm like, God, how am I capable? But all of a sudden, I remind myself that I'm connected to the living waters. And so I begin to pray in my prayer language. Come on, somebody who knows what that is. And I begin to pray in the Holy Spirit. And all of a sudden, I feel encouraged on the inside of me. And it has nothing to do with my situation changing, but my inner situation changing. Jesus knew he had to get refreshed, and he had to go to the river of living waters to do that. As we continue in verse 24, it says, Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far away from land, for a strong wind had risen, and they were fighting heavy waves. So while Jesus was getting refreshed on the mountaintop, uh, the, the disciples were, in, were battling a storm in the Sea of Galilee. And it actually says in another book of the Gospels that while Jesus was praying on the mountaintop, he could see the disciples fighting the storm down uh, on the sea. And even though the disciples couldn't see Jesus, the, Jesus saw the disciples. Uh, I want to encourage somebody who can, sometimes we can feel like God isn't in our situation. Sometimes we feel like God is not seeing where we're at. But let me tell you something, this because you don't see God doesn't mean God doesn't see you. He's always in control. He is always there. God sees our battles. He sees our struggles. He, he sees our storms. And even though sometimes it feels like our situation is hopeless, we have hope because we know God is in it. And so the disciples, they're, they're stuck in, this, in, in the middle of the, of the Sea of Galilee, and they're in a storm. And they've had, if you're talking about a roller coaster day, they've had a roller coaster day. Because like we said, they've been spending time with Jesus, and they've been seeing him open blind eyes and do all these miracles and, and all these amazing things in ministry. And, and then they witnessed him feed 20,000 people with five loaves and two, two fish and have leftovers. And they're like, wow, it's like they're watching all these things. And then Jesus asked them to go into the Sea of Galilee, and out of their obedience to Jesus, they find themselves in a storm. Talking about an up and down day. But sometimes we can be convinced to think that if we follow after Jesus, then we don't have to be in a storm. 
that will that if we follow after Jesus, then there will never be a struggle. Uh, there will never be an obstacle. There will never be opposition. That when we follow after Jesus, it's a path of no resistance. But Jesus never promised that there wouldn't be uh, any problems or adversity. What he did promise is that when you have Jesus with you, now you have the advantage. You see, without Jesus in our lives, our problems go on without a solution. But with Jesus in your life, every problem you have now has a solution. That's the advantage of having Jesus in your life is that it doesn't matter the storm that you encounter. Now you're connected with somebody who can calm anything. Now you're connected to, to somebody who is more powerful than anything that you can encounter. And that's what Jesus was saying. If you follow after me, I'll give you rest. That doesn't mean that, you, that you'll ever find yourself outside of your comfort zone. But that, that, that does mean, but with me, you will find rest. So that's what the disciples learned. Because the disciples, they, they, they find themselves in, in, in the middle of the Sea of Galilee, they find themselves in the middle of the storm. They're confused. They're, 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 they're wondering why what's going on. They're, they're like, okay, Jesus, the one time he, we're in a, in, a, in a storm is the one time he's not with us. And so they're, they're, they're trying to figure out the situation. And then as they're fighting this storm, we pick up in verse 25. It says, about 3 o'clock in the morning, Jesus came towards them. 3 o'clock in the morning. Walking on the water. And when the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. And in their fear, they cried out, it's a ghost. And every time I, I, I would read that, I always, like, laugh. Like, disciples, you must be blind or something, you know, like, you've seen Jesus. But we got to remember, it's 3 o'clock in the morning. It's pitch dark. Uh, these guys are fighting a storm. They are fearing for their lives. And all of a sudden, they see a figure walking on the water towards them. And they were afraid. A lot of times when we are in a storm, what is supposed to be our solution will at first look like a setback. Let me explain that real quick. So when you are battling uh, managing your schedule and you feel so overwhelmed by all your responsibilities and you're like, hey, man, how can I do this, Jesus? I have so much things I need to do and not enough time. And, and I got all these things stacked up, but I don't ever have enough time to do it. And then Jesus tells you that the solution to that is to spend more time with him. And you're saying, what up, whoa, Jesus, how's that the solution? That's a setback. I, I need more time. I don't need less. But then you realize that the more time you spend with him, the more he multiplies what you have. And now you're feeling that you can be able to do anything because now you have Jesus. Now you feel like you have that relationship strong with him. And now you'll be able to accomplish what you're supposed to accomplish. I'll give you another example. You could be battling with finances right now, and you're overwhelmed by the numbers, and you can feel knee-deep in, in, in debt, and you pray out to Jesus, and he tells you, now's the time to start tithing. You're like, well, 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 I'm trying to save money, Jesus. That's a setback. But then all of a sudden, you trust his leading, and what you thought would be a setback, you begin to put Jesus first in your finances, and then all of a sudden, blessings start to come into your life. When you look at a solution at first, at times, it can seem like a setback. At times, when Jesus comes to you, at times, you're like, well, that, that's not for me. Like, what, to, to live a blessed life, I need to bless others first. To, to live a life of, of, of blessings, I need to give and I need to be generous. That sounds like a setback. That doesn't sound like it works. But 
when it comes to Jesus, it's more than what it seems. And in verse 27, it said, but Jesus spoke to them at once. He said, don't be afraid, he said. Take courage. Turn to your neighbor and say, take courage. I am here. If there's one thing that followers of Jesus that you and I have to remember is that everywhere we go, Jesus is there. If, if there's only one thing we can remember throughout our lives of, of battles and struggles, if there's one thing that we can remember is that wherever we go, Jesus is with us. That is the time we can understand we can take courage in that moment. Because a lot of times when it feels like we're on a sinking ship, we want to jump overboard, but we've got to remember that Jesus is with us. So if you find yourself in a storm and in a struggle and you find like you're, you're battling all these obstacles, when you have that realization that Jesus is with me even in my valleys, then now I can say now it's not the time for me to give up. Now it's not the time for me to give up on that business, uh, to abandon that marriage. Now it's not the time for me to give up on, on these passions in my life. Matter of fact, now it's the time for me to lean even more into Jesus because it's in the storms when we have to bring him close. So wherever we go, he looked at the disciples, wherever we go, he said, don't be afraid because now I am here. There's something we have to remember. When fear is knocking on our door, when, when, when we feel so overwhelmed, we have to remember even in these moments, Jesus is here. And it says in verse 28, then Peter, we all love Peter. You all like to pick on Peter. He called to him. He said, Lord, if this is really you, like, if that's really you, Jesus, like, I know you're walking on water, but that could not be you. You know, it could be somebody else. Like, if that's really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. And when I thought about that request, I was like, Peter, there's so many other things you could have asked Jesus first to do. Like, why would you ask Jesus if you could walk on the water towards them? Like, if I was Peter, I'd been like, Jesus, if that is you, uh, make this storm go away. And then I believe, or like if I, was, if I was Peter, I was like, Jesus, if that's really you out there, make the wind stop. Like, can't you see we're sinking right now? Like, if that is really you, make my problems go away. And it seems like that is our request to Jesus 99.9% of the time. Like, Jesus, if that is really you, make all my problems go away. Jesus, if that is really you, get me out of this storm. Jesus, if that is really you, uh, this, all these things that, that are stopping, just make them disappear, God, if that is really you. And don't get me wrong, sometimes God will do that, and God will prove his power and his might. And there will be things and, and times in your life that all of a sudden it was there one second, but gone the next, and you know it was God. God will do that. But Peter understood something. Peter didn't ask Jesus to stop the storm. Peter just asked Jesus, if he could come closer to him. He didn't say, get me out of this storm. He said, no. He said, Jesus, can I, can I come closer to you? If that's really you, can I come closer to you? Because Peter knew that if the storm stopped, uh, that might give him relief, but that wouldn't give him rest. Uh, Peter knew that, that if all his problems went away, uh, that would uh, pause things, but that, that, that wouldn't offer peace in his life. So a lot of times we can ask Jesus, Jesus, make it all stop. And we have to realize that it's not the, the absence of problems. Peace doesn't mean that your problems disappear. P true peace is what Peter understood is that when Jesus is near. That is true peace in your life. And so Peter, he calls out to Jesus and he begins to walk on the water towards him. That's point number two for tonight. 
is that peace isn't the absence of a storm, but the presence of a, of a Savior. So you could, we could live a, a problem-free life, but that wouldn't mean we lived a, a peaceful life. Uh, we could live a life where there was no storms, we avoided everything, where anytime things got uncomfortable, we went the opposite direction. But I'm telling you right now, that's not a life of peace. A life of peace is when you're able to, even in the midst of storm, even in the midst of your greatest difficulty, instead of abandoning it, you pull Jesus closer to you. And for some reason, beyond your understanding, even though the world is crumbling around you, you still have peace on the inside of you. That's true peace. Peace isn't dependent on the storm. Peace isn't dependent whether or not you have problems or not. Because if it is, your peace is going to go up and down. But when your peace is in Jesus, when your peace is the one who, who gives you all things, that is when you can be constant. That's when you, you can say, like, God, even when I have, have problems, like, God, even when I, I'm stuck in debt, I, I still have peace in the fact that, that I know that you are my provider. Like, God, even though I'm experiencing all these problems in, in my relationships, I, I still have, have peace in the fact that I can call you my friend. And, and it wouldn't, then all of a sudden, it wouldn't matter what season we find ourselves in, our peace will never leave us. Because our peace isn't dependent on whether or not we're problem-free. But man, our peace is dependent on how close am I to Jesus right now. And Peter understood that. And in the middle of the storm, he comes closer to Jesus. And when you bring Jesus closer to you, his presence will calm every storm. But Peter, he, he, see, he's on the boat. And I'm just thinking about this in my mind. He's on the boat. He sees Jesus out on the water. And he really had two choices at that moment when he called out to him. He, he could have either uh, reached out and grabbed a bucket and began to remove water from the boat because it was sinking. Or he could reach out to Jesus and begin to walk on the water. I think the same thing happens to us. We both have two options. We all have two options uh, when we feel overwhelmed. We either can reach for self-medication. We can either reach for a quick fix, or we could reach out to Jesus. So we have to ask ourselves, what do we do when we feel overwhelmed? Do, do we reach for a drink, or do we reach for Jesus? Do, do, do we reach for something that we know uh, might feel good for a little bit, but offers no everlasting peace, or do we reach out for the Prince of Peace? So whenever we feel overwhelmed, we have to know that the answer is not for us to call up our, our friend and begin to complain and begin to talk about our situation and begin to say, oh, all these things are going wrong, all these things in my life, you won't understand, I'm so stressed out in my mind. And if we do that, that's, that's not where we find our peace from. Our peace, instead of, instead of calling up a friend, you, you start praying to Jesus, and you start saying, God, I'm in the middle of a storm right now, but I still trust you. I still believe you. I still believe you have a plan and a purpose on my life. And all of a sudden, that peace will begin to rise on the inside of you. We have to reach for Jesus. We can't, we can't reach for See, if the answer to your problem is anybody but Jesus, it doesn't matter what it is. If the answer to your problem is anybody but Jesus, you're not uh, finding a solution to your issue. You're just prolonging your issue. And there's a lot of times we can just feel overwhelmed day after day after day after day, stressed out day after day, day after day. And we've got to realize that we're the ones prolonging that. Because Jesus said, if you need peace, if you need rest, come to me. But if we reach anywhere else, you might find relief, but we'll never find rest. 
verse 29, as we continue with the story. Y'all like this story? I love this story. It's one of my favorite, favorite stories. Say, yes, this is Jesus saying, yes, come, Jesus said. So Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water towards Jesus. And awesome, I, I wish I could see that. But when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified, and he began to sink, and he, he cried out, save me, Lord. See, Peter followed after Jesus, and when he followed after Jesus, Peter began to do the impossible. When he chose to listen to Jesus, he began to do the impossible in his life. He began to walk on water. So when we follow after Jesus, the things that you thought were impossible start to happen in your life. Is there any witnesses in the house? That when you began to walk after Jesus, that addiction you thought you could never shake, all of a sudden you're walking in freedom in your life. When you follow after Jesus, that depression, anxiety that you thought would, you would have to live with your whole life, all of a sudden you begin to get refreshed and you get to have freedom and you begin to see have a renewal of your mind and your life. See, when you follow after Jesus, the impossible starts to happen in your life. But it says Peter was walking on the water. He was doing the impossible, right? He's walking on the water. But he began to notice the wind and the waves. And even though he was doing the impossible, he started focusing on the details. Is there any, any detail-oriented people in the house? It's not, that's not me. I will overlook any details, okay? My shirt will be wrinkly. I'll be like, I didn't even know it. But he's walking on the water. He starts noticing the details that aren't right. He sees the wind and the waves. And although he's doing something that shouldn't be possible, something great, he starts focusing on the small things, and he becomes overwhelmed by the wind and the waves. So I think that's how it works in our lives. When we become overwhelmed, the reason why for that is because we start focusing on the small things. We start looking at the things, uh, the things, that the, the details that even though, because we could look around our life and God could be doing awesome things in our life. But instead, we're focusing on the one thing that's not right. And then all of a sudden, we feel overwhelmed. All of a sudden, we feel discouraged. All of a sudden, we feel like, man, am I really called? Do I really have a purpose? Uh, do I really have a promise on my life? And, and, and even though there's nine things going awesome, you're focusing on that one thing going wrong. And we begin to feel overwhelmed. But Peter, he, he, he was walking on the water. And as long as his focus was on Jesus, he was walking. As long as he was focusing on his Savior, on, on his teacher, on, on his leader, he, he was walking on the water. But what happened as soon as he saw the wind and the waves, as soon as he saw the, 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 the waves crashing on him, it says he began to sink. I don't think it's the storms that sink us. I think it's the, our focus on the storms that cause us to sink. I don't think it's the problems in our life that causes us uh, to sink or, 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 or to feel overwhelmed. I think it's our focus on them. I think we begin to focus so much on, on the storms, on the problems, on our struggles, that all of a sudden it feels like we're overwhelmed. And even though Jesus is right in front of us, we can feel so overwhelmed. We can feel so discouraged. We can feel like that we have no help, that we have no solutions in our life. I mean, Peter, he's walking on the water, doing the impossible, but he was focusing on the storm. And Jesus was right in front of him. And he began to sink. So that leads us to point three, four tonight. Is, you know, how, how, do we, how do we manage 
feeling overwhelmed. How, how, how do we overcome, you know, when we feel overwhelmed? It's that we don't focus on your storm, just focus on your Savior. Don't focus on your storm, just focus on your Savior. Because if Peter would have focused on Jesus that entire time, he'd probably still be walking somewhere. But he started looking at the wind. He started looking at the waves. He started looking at the, at the uh, hearing the thoughts of the, of the enemy trying to play. He started listening to the lies. He started thinking about the things going wrong. He started thinking about, oh, what if tomorrow, what if this happens? What if I don't reach that budget? What if I just double? He started focusing on all the wrong things. And that's when he felt overwhelmed. But, man, when you just focus on Jesus... And you're saying, God, like how it says in Psalms, like, thousand falls on my left, 10,000 on my right. But, man, I'm focusing on you, Jesus. I- I'm focusing on you. Because I know if I just keep focus on my Savior, the storm won't phase me. The problems won't phase me. The struggles won't phase me. If I just focus on you, Jesus, I know I could follow you through every storm. I know I could follow you through anything that life has to offer. Because I know that, that who's in control, I know it's you. But as soon as we take our focus off our Savior, the, the, the storm starts overcoming. So how do we, how do we manage stress? It's, it's for us to stop focusing on the little things that could be going wrong. And instead of focusing on the one who controls everything. Instead of, of, of worrying about tomorrow, what if we just focused on following after one who holds tomorrow in his hands? And if we just did that, it didn't matter the storm. It won't matter the problem. It won't matter what we're going through. We'll never feel overwhelmed or we'll never let life overcome us because we're focusing on our Savior. You're almost done, guys. Verse 31. Jesus immediately, everybody say immediately, reached out and grabbed him. So you have so little faith, Jesus said. Why did you doubt me? Peter, he was walking on the water, and all of a sudden, he begins to focus on the wrong thing, so he begins to sink. And, and I can just see now his, Peter's life's flashing before his eyes. He's in the middle of a raging storm, and, and he's thinking about, wow, how much I failed. And then right as the water's about to overcome him, all of a sudden, Jesus reaches down and picks him up. I want to encourage somebody tonight what kind of God you serve is that it doesn't matter where you are, he will reach down into your addiction and pick you up. He will reach down into your anxiety and pick you up. He will reach down into your depression and pick you up. He will reach down into a moment where you feel like there is no way and he will pick you up. That's the kind of God you serve. And you could be saying, you could be saying, well, well, do I have to be perfect to be able to reach that spot? No, Peter wasn't perfect, but yet Jesus still picked him up. See, we, we pick on Peter, but at least Peter had the faith to step out of the boat. At least Peter had the faith to follow after Jesus. And that's all Jesus wants, for us to follow after him. He doesn't say, follow after me and be perfect, and then I'll help you. No, he said, just follow after me. I know who you are better than you are, so I know you're going to mess up sometimes. I know there's going to be mistakes here and there, but don't worry, I'm going to pick you up. But all you got to think is follow after me. Follow after me. Follow after me. But we, we pick on, on Peter for, for failing, but at least he had the faith to step out of the boat. But it says that Jesus picks him up, and then all of a sudden, this awesome moment happens. He, he picks him up and brings him on the water, 
And it says in scriptures that they go back to the boat. So I can just imagine Peter's mindset, what's going through his mind. He's, he's walking with Jesus on the water back to the boat. And as Jesus is holding his hand through the storm, the, the storm is raging around him, yet he's walking on the water with Jesus. The, the wind is blowing in his face, yet he's walking on the water with Jesus. The waves are crashing around him, yet he's walking on the water with Jesus. And I can't help to think that Peter begins to remember the words of David in Psalms 23:4, where he says, yeah, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because you are with me, thy rod, thy staff, they comfort me. And he gets back into that boat. See, church family, it's not about the storm that you're in. It's about who's with you in the storm. It's not about the problems you have. It's about who's with you in the problems. It's about who's with you in the pain. It's about who's with you in the struggle. It's about who's with you in the depression and the anxiety and anything that the world tries to come. It's not about what the world is throwing at you. It's about who's with you. Saying God is with me, so who can be against me? Saying greater he is in me than he that is in the world. So church family, don't let the problems hold you back. Don't let the anxiety hold you back. Know that Jesus, he'll hold your hand all the way through. You'll hold your hand all the way through. Come on, if you know that God will lead you, just give him a shout right now. Father, we thank you, Jesus. We thank you. I'm closing so you can stand with me, Haley. Verse 32. It says, when they climbed back into the boat, automatically the wind stopped. Just like that. As soon as Jesus set foot in their situation, their storm stopped. And then the disciples worshipped him. And they said, you really are the son of God, they explained. This is the, the disciples, this moment, this awesome moment. They're, they're watching Jesus walk on water. They're watching Jesus hold Peter's hand, walking him back to the boat. And the storm is going all around him. The waves are still crashing. The, the wind is still going. But as soon as Jesus steps into their situation, steps into their boat, the wind stops. And what was so overwhelming, what seemed so impossible, what was such an immediate, life-threatening problem in an instant, like we were talking about in an instant, Jesus calmed the storm. So what I want to close with uh, tonight is that without Jesus, life will overwhelm us. Without Jesus, the, the problems in your life will be too much. But with Jesus, we will always overcome. With Jesus, we will always overcome. If you're in this house tonight, and if you're watching online, and you're saying, Caleb, I, I'm dealing with so many different problems in my life. I, I have anxiety. I'm dealing with depression. I, I'm dealing with the weight of the world where I, I feel like I don't have enough finances, or I'm dealing with an illness. I just want to tell you something tonight. It's that as long as Jesus is in your situation, as long as you have Jesus in your heart, as long as you're choosing to follow after Jesus, those things might feel overwhelming, but they will never overcome you. There might be times of struggle, but you will never fail. There might be times uh, uh, over it seems painful, but let me tell you something, Jesus won't let you, won't let you pass away. In the, in the situation that you're in, as long as we hold on to Jesus, he's going to lead us through every storm. We're about to sing some songs, but what I really feel like the Holy Spirit wants to do tonight is that he wants to offer some people who, who feel so 
stressed and, and so filled with anxiety and feel so overwhelmed and, and feel so exhausted, I think the Holy Spirit wants to offer rest tonight. He wants to offer reassurance tonight. He wants to offer our refreshness tonight. And he wants to remind you that the storms don't matter, that the problems don't matter. As long as you have Jesus, as long as you have the Father with you, he'll hold your hand just like he did Peter. So I just want us to pray tonight, and then we're going to sing some songs, but I just want us to find rest, rest, a refreshing, a renewal, where we'll be able to say, Father, I know you're in control. I, I know I'm in a storm, but God, I know you calm storms. I, I know I'm in the middle of a struggle, but Father, I know you're the solution. And get that rest that our soul desires. Get that rest that our spirit desires because we can't look to other people. They won't give us rest. We can't look to things. Things won't give us rest. We can't look to a self-help book. Uh, we can't listen to a new podcast. Those things might give us information, but those things will never give you rest for your soul. So with every head bowed and eyes closed, let's pray tonight. Father, we thank you right now for every heavy-hearted we thank you for right now for every person who feels weary in their soul. Thank you right now, God, that every person who feels like they are overwhelmed by life, God, we ask your Holy Spirit to give them rest in this moment, God, a refreshment in their spirit, a refreshment in their soul. Let them come, God, to the reminder, Father, of who you are in their life, that they don't have to worry about the storms. They don't have to figure out the problems. They don't have to find solution to their struggles, God. They just have to follow after you and your Holy their hand through the storm. You hold their hand through every difficulty. You hold their hand and you will lead them and you will comfort them. And it wouldn't matter the season of life they find themselves. They will always have peace. So Father, let's find rest right now tonight. Rest in your Holy Spirit. A refreshment for our souls. Let us get encouraged, God, about our identity in you. Remind us once again how powerful you are. Remind us once again that you've got plans for our future. Remind us once again that it doesn't matter the problem. You have a solution. Remind us, God, who you are in our lives. Refresh our souls. Give us rest, God, right now in this moment. So as we begin to sing, begin to lift up your praises up to him. Begin to say, Jesus, I thank you for giving me rest. Jesus, I thank you, Father, for being with me no matter what. Jesus, I thank you that I'm going to follow after you. And it won't matter the storm. It won't matter the problem. But I'm going to step out my boat. And I'm going to start walking on the water towards you, God. Because I know as long as I get closer to you, I'm going to find my peace. Come on, let's see him. Come on, every head bowed and I hand lifted. Let's, just, let's find rest tonight. Let's find rest tonight.
talking about rest is in the house. Rest is in the house. Come on, rest is in the house tonight, church. Come on, if you can't sleep at night because you're worried about tomorrow, rest is here for your soul. If you feel overwhelmed about how it's all going to work out, rest is here tonight. This begins to spend time with the Father. Pray in the Spirit. Begin to lift up His praises. Rest is here tonight. Come on, keep on the scene. rest by the river. You gotta find rest by the river. feel overwhelmed, still feeling stressed. Come on, if you feel God's peace in this place, why don't you just give him a shout? Why don't you begin to acknowledge what you feel on the inside of you? Rest is in this place. Rest is in this place. This for a little, we're about to dismiss, but I don't want anybody watching online or under the sound of my voice, I don't want anybody to continue feeling overwhelmed, to leave this building still feeling stressed, to leave this building still feeling exhausted in their spirit when there's rest in this place. Father, we thank you, God, that your Holy Spirit, God, has given us rest, God, that we're connected to you. 
right now, all that weight that the enemy puts on us, all that weight that the world tries to weigh on us, Father, right now it's beginning to fall off our shoulders right now in the name of Jesus. And we're beginning to feel rest in our souls. We're beginning to, to, to feel that rest that only you can offer, Jesus. There's people in this place that haven't been able to sleep at night because they're so overwhelmed about tomorrow. But God's giving you rest right now. And let me tell you, you're going to sleep like a baby tonight because you're going to know who's in control of your tomorrow. Rest in this place in the name of Jesus. Rest in this place for any weary-hearted, for anybody who thinks that they're alone in this place. God, reassure him with your spirit right now in the name of Jesus. Right now in the name of Jesus. Before we move on from this moment, I want everybody to have the opportunity to reach out to Jesus. To step outside that boat. And to receive rest from him. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Jesus. Give us rest in our souls, God. Give us rest in our souls. Let us feel refreshed, a renewal, God, that we know who's in control. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Come on. Come on. If you love Jesus, why don't you just give him one more shout tonight? Why don't you just give him one more hand clap of praise tonight? Thank you, Father. Amen, amen. If you're in this place and you're saying, no, CJ, I hear what you've been saying all night, but I want to make sure. That my name is written in the, in the land book of life right now is your moment, church family, or anybody watching online. Even if this is for one person, uh, then it's worth it. Uh, so with every head bowed and eyes closed, church family, let's do this together. Uh, say, say, Father, I need you. I need forgiveness for my sins. God, I believe that your son is Jesus. That he died on the cross for me washing away all my sins. I confess Jesus, Lord over my life, Lord over everything. I love you, Jesus. Name it, Jesus. Amen, amen, amen. Come on, let's put your hands together. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you liked what you heard, be sure to subscribe and share it with a friend. For more information about who we are, visit Riverside Church. TX.com.